the biggest sports stories of the week. So he's not going to leave Jordan Love, the covered bear for Jordan Love. We know that. He's, he's going to look out for his guy. So uh, I, Kyle, Kyle liked that. Kyle, Kyle. That was funny. That was funny. What? I'm serious. Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite team. What would happen if Brian Gutekunst sat up at a press conference and said, I made a mistake. Plus some fun with pop culture. So you had never needed to stop for dinner at Magic City like Lou Williams did? I mean, does anybody actually believe he just he chose that just for dinner? Like, does he think that's working? This is Sunday Karma. The, the yeah. unibrow, like, because I'm kind of like Bert. <laughs> like, when, like, if I don't get the, the eyebrows done, I just have one eyebrow, pretty much. <laughs> But since COVID, I haven't had any of that. Now, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City, alongside his precocious daughter, Harper, here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Carmison. And good morning. It's game day. Hope nobody was at Magic City with, unless it was Lou Williams and the crew last night. It is a big day. We say that a series doesn't start until the road team wins a game. That took till game seven of the Bucks and the Nets. It took till game one of the Bucks and the Hawks. So that means we got a series. I feel like Kyle's in that mode of, oh, it's just like the Celtics two years ago. They came in here and won game one, and then we just rolled five games. You had that look on your face. No, I feel confident. My my entire objective is to go to game five, and hopefully at game five I get a chance to shed some tears, watch a celebration, hug some people that aren't my relatives, and have a good time while we celebrate the Milwaukee Bucks winning the Eastern Conference finals and having an award ceremony. Now, is that also like a COVID, like bring it all together? Like you could actually just be hugging people you don't know. You, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess I want to get a little understanding of that also. So if the Bucks make the NBA finals, can like, is the year successful at that point? No. 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 You don't play to make it to the finals. But like, so you're saying only one team in the NBA has a successful year, or just where the Bucks are right now, it's kind of finals or bust. Yeah, where the Bucks are right now, finals or bust. We're not the Detroit Pistons. We're not bad. Like we're not a bad basketball well, come team. Come on now, you can't compare the Detroit Pistons no. to a team that that may that may win an Eastern Conference Finals. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Detroit. It's like if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, then yeah, this year. No, then no, the, no. I mean the Atlanta Hawks. If they if, made yes. it to the Eastern Conference Finals, it would be a unbelievable yes. year. And actually, them making uh, them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, not just winning the Eastern Conference Finals, makes this an unbelievable year for the Hawks. Exactly. This is a great year for the Hawks. The Suns getting to the finals this year, the, which they may or may not. Well, I think the Suns getting to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> is already an unbelievable year for them, a team that hadn't been to the playoffs, that has all that young talent, you know, with Aiton and Booker. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that's already an amazing season. So, but the Clippers and the Bucks, just getting to the finals would not be enough. But without Kawhi Leonard, that's one thing. Ooh, see, I think for the Clippers, 
getting to the NBA Finals would make it a successful year because I think they still think they're figuring out the chemistry and it's a first-year coach there. I, I think them getting to the NBA Finals you know, with Kawhi would have been for them a, a successful season. Yeah, I think there's so many teams that are creeping up because the Lakers will be back next year. I think Dallas will be better next year as well. So, well, yeah, I guess that's the reason why the Bucks have to take care of business this year because the road to the finals and the road to the Larry O'Brien trophy is not going to be easier oh, I'm not next saying, year. I'm saying I get that people could view there being as an open window this year, but you're saying season failure if you don't win the championship this year? Oh, yeah, for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, when at the beginning of the year, yeah, your goal was what as um, a, as a as a Bucks a Bucks fan, but also a yeah. Bucks part owner. What was I your think, goal this year? I think the goal, I think the goal is to win a championship, and that's it. And so the goal is to win a championship, yeah. and anything less. Like I don't think you step back and say like, oh yeah. The goal is to win an Eastern Conference championship because if you say that, then like, oh, what? What are you saying? The goal is to lose in the finals? So exactly. And so saying, saying the season was a failure doesn't mean, oh, everybody sucks. It just means we failed because we missed our goal and we'll have to do it again. But it will be a failure of the season that we did not reach the goal that this team was built to and expected to be successful and potentially be in a position to win an NBA title. If they don't do it this year, so, then yeah. So was the Packers season a failure this past year? Well, according to some people... The you know they weren't trying to leave the cover bare for Jordan Love, so well, that's they what I'm saying. To... Look, look at what the over under for Packers wins were coming into the year. Was it nine or ten? It was like nine, yeah. or nine and a half, right? And so for a team like that to go out and win thirteen games and go to the NFC Championship, I feel like how could you say they're a failure? Now, by the way, when we were sitting leading into a home game, you know, against the Buccaneers NFC Championship. None of us were saying like, oh yeah, Packers are going to lose this week and it's all good because uh, it's been such an overachieving season. But if you had said at the beginning of that year, hey, if the Packers are able to go back to the NFC Championship again, that'd be a pretty big time season for this squad. That's very true. That is because I did not expect the Packers to do as well as they did this year, but it was behind Aaron Rodgers. But now going into next year, the expectation if Aaron Rodgers plays, which he hopefully does, hopefully he doesn't sit out, then I expect a Super Bowl. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying you feel like they have a Super Bowl roster if Aaron Rodgers plays, or just, hey, I'm a Packers fan, so every year I'm going to root for a Super Bowl? It's half and half. I think the Packers made some decent moves this offseason to shore up. I mean, drafting a a defensive back I think was solid because you have another corner. Hopefully he can play well. But then on top of that, you get a whole other year where um, A.J. Dillon – is now going to be the number two back. You found that he can have success. He had a game where he rushed over 100 yards. So I think the Packers are built this season, and you also get Devin Funches back. I think the Packers are built this season to potentially go to a Super Bowl. Wait, so wait, I think wait, the expectation should wait, be high. So you feel like the defense is all of a sudden good enough? No, I feel like the defense should be a little bit better. Like I mean, because I love Amari Rodgers. Like, that's the guy who, yes. who makes me excited on the on offensive offense, side yeah. of the ball. Um, well, Aaron Rodgers probably makes me more excited if he were to play. But... Um, I don't know. By the way, Ben Bruss, you can call the show. You don't need to text. Call the show if you uh, want to. Uh, is, is now Ben's a Ben's a Bucks hater. Yes, and so he's probably saying the same thing I'm saying. 
is that it's championship or bust. Yeah. Which is nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he can call the show if he wants to get his comments in. He doesn't need to be side texting during the show. Just call the show. 800-990-ESPN. It is 800-990-3776. Ben Brust, who was very outspoken uh, in his criticisms of Wisconsin Badger basketball players this week, uh, for not just uh, how the tape got leaked, but kind of their sensitivities. Ben Brust, who also is the host of Bucks in Six, which you can hear on uh, these stations every night from six until seven, weeknights leading into the Bucks games. So, what about the Brewers then? Oh, by the no, way, no, the expectation for the Brewers are not to okay, win. So a the World Brewers Series. are like forty-four and thirty-three, right? So they're in first place, two games ahead. They are through the majority of this easy stretch of their schedule. They have one last tough game, uh, one last easy game today, uh, theoretically. Game they'll be favored uh, big again, and then they get the Cubs, and it gets back to being like reality. So what are the Brewers? I mean, if the Brewers win the division and lose the first series, successful season. I don't expect the Brewers this year coming into the season. I don't think anybody expected the Brewers to win a World Series. So I think, again, we just want the Brewers to break through one year. So successful but season for the Brewers is what this year? If To me— Now if, they have the 20th or 21st payroll in the league. The, they're $30 million below the average payroll in Major League Baseball. And obviously that's by choice, but still. So what, what, is, a, what is a failure for them? If the Brewers get to the NLCS— that's a really good season to me because I feel like the Brewers have young young pitching, but then also the Brewers, though they don't have the best minor league system, they do have some decent young guys that are still going to be coming up over the next couple of years. And they have a, I mean, now you have a shortstop uh, in Adamas. You also have Luis Urias, who I think is a very solid player. You have a pretty good outfield as well. The first base situation, I mean, hopefully Keston gets it together, but I think the Brewers are building something here where over the next couple of years they still can be successful. So I, I, NLCS, I'll be happy with. Yep. But of okay. course you want to win a World Series. Right, right, right. Okay, I'm just trying to get where, where you are. We'll, we'll talk more about the Bucks because it is a massive day. And again, what a cool year, right? Um, where we've had uh, the opportunity to be talking about hosting an NFC championship game. And we were saying, just sit back and enjoy that. I, I told you that that day. And Kyle, you may not have known what I knew at that time about uh, what this offseason was going to be like. But I said that day, no matter what happens today, enjoy this because we're not guaranteed this ever again uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and so now... It's uh, it's about enjoying the ride. The uh, Bucks lost home court and now go to Atlanta. If they come back two two, are you happy, Kyle? Mm. No. Wow. No, I'm not happy if they come back two two. I'll be fine. So you're but, you're getting that greedy. You no, need I'm, both road wins. I'm not. I don't think I'm, I'm being in the greedy. Net series when you had two games in New, in Brooklyn, you wouldn't have been like. Oh, yeah, if, if they get a split, I'll be disappointed. It was the Brooklyn Nets yep. who had two of the top play- – well, three. I mean, they all, they played, all played at a certain point. Yep. Three of the top top 15 players in the NBA on their roster. Yep. This Hawks team has one top 25 player on their roster where the Bucks arguably have 
two top twenty-five. I would say arguably three. So, uh, so I mean, de- I mean, who, you, t- two uh, guys going to the Olympics. Right, that's what I'm saying. So on the it's roster, definitely arguably three so, of the top twenty-five in the NBA. And so, I don't think I'm wrong for having an expectation that the Bucks should be up three to one, two to two. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'll be fine. I still would have confidence. But the Bucks should be taking care of this team. Giannis said, "Don't play with your food," and they did that on Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. They did not play with their food on Friday, and I expect them not to play with their food tonight. I don't expect them to play with their food on Tuesday. And on Thursday, when I'm at Game 5, I'm expecting to celebrate. Yeah, and sometimes going on the road can help a team stay focused, um, which will be interesting to watch. The Bucks played very well, I thought, in Game 5 in Brooklyn and, again, uh, in Game 7. So they have proven they can go on the road in this postseason and get it done. They obviously have won two games in Miami as well. All right, this week, one till three every day. You know what it is, uh, Kyle. Pretty emotional time, right? It's Barry week. It yes. Is, it is Barry Alvarez week, his final week as uh, director of athletics at University of Wisconsin, and we are celebrating it at ESPN Wisconsin as big as you can celebrate it. Every single day, you're going to get Barry Alvarez-themed content. You're going to hear from the players of Barry. You're going to hear from the coaches. You're going to hear from the media that covered Barry. You're going to hear from the business of Barry. We'll actually hear some of those clips throughout the show today to get you excited. And then we'll even hear from Barry himself as uh, Pat, as uh, Mark Tauscher and I were able to sit down with Barry Alvarez. But the best of ESPN Wisconsin, all talking with the best of the Barry Alvarez era, just an incredible last 30 years that has transformed the state of Wisconsin. It's why I say eliminate Columbus Day, replace it with Barry Alvarez Day in the state of Wisconsin. You'll hear more about it as we roll on. It is a game day. It's Sunday Karma. It's ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Y'all ain't no one, right? Love that on that beat. Let's go. Uh, woo, woo. No masterpiece. Hey. Ten bad babs and they after me. Bad. One bad bad look like a masterpiece. Uh, Looking for a dog. Player like standpoint, that's about as proud as we could be because we just whooped him and it was like to me looking at what Wisconsin football is all about if you watch that second half that's everything so I'm leaving I'm in a wheelchair oh I forgot I'm up in a box I come down at halftime they said my voice got a little high at halftime. Yeah, a little pitchy <laughs> little pitchy so but I'm in a wheelchair they're wheeling me out I've got a bus load from my hometown I only live about two and a half hours from here grew up so they, they're from my home I can't wait to get down and see him now, we just put 42 straight on Ohio State. And the the, uh, the crowd sees me. The Ohio State people see me. They start dog-cussing me. <laughs> they are swearing at me, you no good rotten. You accused me of running the score up, which I did. I put an extra one on them. <laughs> I said, I started, then I started, I'm laughing at them. I think, you, there's never been a coach in the history of the world that's come into Ohio State and been accused of running the score up <laughs> on them. May never happen again. Barry Alvarez, uh, part of Barry Week, coming to ESPN Wisconsin. That's Mark Tauscher, along with me and Barry. Uh, What a treat it was to sit down with the coach, the legend, for a few hours uh, in preparation of that. And uh, you'll be able to hear it all week long from 1 till 3 in the afternoon. Just lock in every day. It really is incredible stuff. And uh, 
That was uh, pretty fun. Barry admitting to running up the score on Ohio State uh, in that one. Um, so, Kyle, this week there was a little pre-game uh, one hype around Stephen A. Smith's comments about Milwaukee. Uh, mad at it or just like, all right, I'm not mad at it? It was disrespectful. Disrespectful? Yeah, did, Molly, it, it, we talk about Stephen A., but Molly, she was disrespectful. She's the one that said Milwaukee was a terrible city. Stephen A. didn't say it. He just said, oh, yeah. He just co-signed on it. But she said this terrible city. Meanwhile, her husband's from Detroit. Ah, I've been to downtown Detroit. It ain't like downtown Milwaukee. So let's put it that way. They tripping. Yeah, so so disrespectful, you'll call it. Now, uh, yeah, Molly Chrome and Stephen A. Smith are disrespectful. I would say you could say what she said. But what he said, I don't know, if you're Stephen A., Atlanta versus Milwaukee. What's wrong with Phoenix. He said he did. Oh, I'm cheering for L.A. and Atlanta. Right, that's what I'm saying. You, I mean, could you rather go to L.A. than I mean, Phoenix in the summer, 120 degrees. <laughs> I know it's a dry heat, but do you want to go to 120 degrees? Stephen A. Smith, he can't have it both ways. He can't say it's too cold in Milwaukee and then say it's too hot in Phoenix. Well, I guess he could. He can do whatever you want. But. Yeah, he can. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm Stephen A. and you give me two cities to go to, like, can I even get a direct flight? To Milwaukee, you can't even get a direct flight to Milwaukee. Okay, these days. wait a minute. You now you sound now like you're you're sending a slander. You can get a direct flight to Milwaukee. There are direct mean, flights. We now have multiple airlines that have been added that are adding nonstop flights, whether if you like the airlines or not. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure. I mean, I am someone who uh, has to drive to Chicago occasionally for some flights. Where yeah. where are you flying to that you have to? Try to Chicago. Well, so they finally just add it like to Florida. No, where to Florida? They've always had Orlando. Southwest been flying to Orlando, haven't they? I know, but if you're trying to get to Fort Lauderdale or West Palm Beach or Miami, oh, there right now is yeah. one direct flight now a day. Yeah. So if it doesn't fit your times, I mean, so I'm just saying, I'm I'm saying before everyone hates on Stephen A. Smith, uh, too bad he didn't call it a terrible city. He did not. And so I'm just saying, like, I think Stephen A. got a little extra heat maybe than he deserved. Because he, he talked it up. Molly just put in a little terrible city and then passed it off to Stephen A. to do the rest of the trashing. Yeah. So as you as you look at today's game, as the Bucks go, first of all, um, we've been baking in the house uh, over the last few days. And let's just say that when something is on the platter, it is on the platter. Because there's a certain word we have banned from our household uh, till the end of this series. Any uh, any idea what that word is? Because we need to send a message. So we had to ban a certain word from our household for the rest of this series. Now, when you say platter, yes, remember I'm just a little little kid from Milwaukee. Yeah, You're, are you talking about like a a platter of like a spread, or are you nah, talking about like well, actual in things? In this case, yeah. I'm thinking about like we're making cookies. Uh-huh. And the thing you put in the oven to put them on? A pan? Sheet? Okay. I, we can call it a sheet. We can call it a pan. What do y'all usually call it? I'm, again, you got to you gotta edumacate me, correct? Okay. Um, what does it rhyme with? Well, it rhymes with... the. It is not, forget rhyme. Let's talk about a guy who's pretty central to this series. Oh, got yeah. it. Got it. In the oven, the actual thing that yeah. you have. Oh yeah. So so we've banned that word in our household. Um, right? Like don't I mean there's certain things you gotta do when you're in the series, right? 
Yeah, you know what? Whatever floats your boat of fandom. Yep. I, if that's what you got to do, you got to ban the word. So right ahead. now that we've banned that word, how do you uh, contain him? Because my theory is the Bucks did not do anything different in Game Two than they did uh, in the second half of Game One. Listen, you're right. I mean, they. I mean, I feel like the you just play hard, it, right? Yeah, like, intensity was did. intensity was higher. Trey Young is gonna give you. Another bad game in this series. If this series goes seven, he's going to give you two bad games. Like he is. He'll probably yeah. come back and play well tonight. But oh, that's, yeah, I was going to say. I, I said his name. Yeah, I know. I guess that's in your household. <laughs> in our household, that would not be acceptable. But I'm saying he'll probably give you another two, three good games, right? Including yeah. including tonight. And by the way, his good games could be like nine of 23. Like he doesn't always need, like 14 of 28 is super efficient, mm-hmm. what he was in game one. And I'll still say 14 of 28. I still don't think they lost because of how they defended him in game one. Oh, you know why they lost. I believe they lost because they didn't get a defensive rebound yes. down the stretch, number one. Mm-hmm. I believe that they that Chris Middleton went 0 for 9 from three-point range, mm-hmm. which, you know, if he went 1 for 9 and it was the last one, even 1 for 9 would have put him into overtime, right? And, you know, so forget about even going 3 for 9 or 4 for 9, which is more of what he would typically do. And then... We saw Giannis, who is a you know eighty plus you know percent shooter in the paint, much less at the rim, miss four or five layups in game one. Also, shots that are are shots that not only does he make, but that were were easier than the shots he was making in game two. So that's why I thought game one. You know, we made this all about you know one guy on the other team, but I think a lot of it was really about the Bucks. And I felt like if the Bucks did what the Bucks do, they would come out and win game 2 by double digits. Now, I wasn't thinking they would win the game by you know by 50 like they could have, but I mean, that's the kind of thing and you just think about can that effort and can that intensity go on the road where you know the Hawks role players will play better, right? That's the thing you always get in the NBA playoffs. And the Hawks have a lot of role players and a lot of contributors and a deep roster of talent. And that's just, this is why the Nassis, Bobby P., and PJ bringing in, I know the Nassis doesn't play way, too the much. the Bobby stuff was crazy. But, uh, but that's, that's the intensity that we need. That on In game one, you did not see that level of intensity from the Bucks. PJ Tucker was so calm game one compared to how on 100 he was every single game. We need that intensity for the rest of the playoffs from the guys that are supposed to bring it like PJ, like Bobby. And the Nassis, anytime he gets his little playing time, he's going to bring that energy. That's the energy you need tonight because you need to set the tone. Now you are not game two, right? No, I didn't go to game one or game two. Yeah, yeah. Did you get the sense for what was going on with Bobby Portis at game two? Like, were they featuring it on TV at all and, and what, showing was it? Was he just getting hype or what was No. It? So the crowd was just chanting Bobby. Bobby, yeah. Yeah, the entire, like the entire fourth quarter, the whole bench, Giannis was chanting it, the whole— Oh, see, e- I didn't know the team was chanting Everybody was chanting it in the whole arena. They kept showing them on the scoreboard. Really? It yeah. Was, the uh, whole game was a Bobby Porter's Bobby love Port- fest. Well, I'm, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it was. I'm glad. I'll have to show you this text that I sent— um, Years ago about Bobby Portis, but I love Bobby. That's P. that dog mentality. Exactly, exactly. We'll see how we the dogs that. do on the road. We'll see with Jason Wildy about this theory that Aaron Rodgers can opt out of this season, have seventeen million dollars, and be a free agent. Is this all possible? And is this in any way probable? We'll ask Jason Wildy this as we continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN, Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. 
drink you I can't drink you Jason Wilde is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Talking football with Jason Wilde, uh, Netherlands and the Czech Republic getting going. First matchup of the day. Oh, I can't wait. Jason has always the best on football. Uh, Belgium, one of my two picks to go all the way. Old squad. This is the last time, Kyle, if they don't get it done, this Belgium squad is going to look very different three years from now in 2024. But, oh, what a matchup against Portugal. Ah, that's why it's great to have Jason Wilde here always to talk about football with us. Good morning, Jason. Yeah, it was big that, that Belgium's best player has settled his, settled his differences with management and rejoin the team, I mean, that, that could really be the, the igniter for that team to go all the way. Lukaku has been uh, better than anybody in this thing. Uh, he's been better than Ronaldo, even. Uh, so, Jason, is this possible that Aaron Rodgers, uh, I guess, let's say, forget, I guess, let's start with possible. Is it possible that Aaron Rodgers could opt out, get like $16.7 million, and then be a free agent after the year? Is it possible within the rules that that could happen? Um, with COVID opt-out. No, yeah, no, not with the COVID opt-out. What happens when you opt-out, and, and we have uh, evidence of this from other players that have been through this, including Devin Funches on the Packers' own roster, that your contract tolls is what they call it, which means basically it's frozen. So it remains untouched for that duration of what's on the contract. So in Devin Funches's case, he had signed a one-year deal. He opted out. Now he's under contract on a one-year deal for this year. Now they made some adjustments to it independent of all the COVID stuff just to create salary cap space. But the bottom line is, is that if Aaron Rodgers were to opt out, which is possible, but I don't think probable or likely, he his contract would remain unchanged and so he would have the rest of those three years still left on the contract. The only difference would be he could not play this year without incurring fines for missing training camp every day, without having them be able to come after his uh, signing bonus proration. That's what it means to, to be able to keep that money yeah, and by Jason, opting out. The reason I don't think that, that stuff is going to be in play is I, I think this is not about money. And I think as the longer Aaron talks, the more sometimes people think it is about money. And I certainly don't think he'd want to do anything to make it seem like this was about money. Yeah, I, look, I don't think this, the only way that this is about money, because I'm always leery of people who say it's not about the money, because a lot of times it still is about the money. And in Roger's case, uh, as Tausch has said many, many, many times, having been an 11-year player in the NFL, money equals respect. 
and and in Roger's case, security. So the money in terms of an extension or a commitment that he sought, at least originally, and which I still believe had they just decided to do that right after the NFC Championship game. Or any any time during the season. But, Jason, when you're talking about security and all that, people are probably rolling their eyes, but you're talking about years of guarantees. You're not talking about amount, like, oh, he wants to get a raise or he wants to get paid more. He just wants to be guaranteed the years so that he knows he's going to be in Green Bay. Right. It's the structure of that money. It's not necessarily the amount, if that makes sense. So when we saw reports that he'd been offered – uh, an extension that would make him the highest-paid quarterback again or tied with Patrick Mahomes based on yearly average, that's great. But if it was structured in a way that they could still part ways with him, say, after 2022, and that, that's not enough of a commitment that he was looking for. Now, again, I don't know if at this point he wants that commitment anymore. It's possible he said, you know what, here's what I want to do. I want to come back for this year. Because the trade options are limited. We're so far along the path now. I want to come back for this year, and then I want you to give me the ability to move on after this year. You know, And that would be a different kind of opt-out. And if you remember when they were negotiating his extension in 2018, we talked about some of the different things that they could do to make him be a game-changer in terms of contracts. One was percentage of the cap. The other was an NBA-style opt-out that you well know lots of players have taken advantage of either to go elsewhere or to get a new contract from their current NBA team. Or, Jason, Jason, which in this case I think is a third option, which I think is even bigger in Aaron's mind, and you are closer to his mind than me, but the third option is the option of, holding the team accountable to trying to win so that uh, you know that, hey, if if this team's committed to winning, then I can continue to sign with them. But if they're not, I can choose to go somewhere else where I have a better chance to win, which is an NBA mentality that I think Aaron Rodgers would have, right? Like if he's like, hey, if I know year to year I, I have the choice to leave, then maybe the Packers will you know try to go a little bit more more all in and try to win a Super Bowl. No doubt. And and whether it's that portion of it or him believing that he should be in more conversations or him believing that they have a dysfunctional culture, all those things together to say, look, you know, if I don't like what I see, I can leave. But if I like what I see, I can stay. Now, again, there is the, the, the portion of the fan base that looks at three years left on his contract and simply says, you, you have to honor your contract. You got a large signing bonus at the beginning of it. Doesn't matter that the team doesn't have any real ties to you and can cut you. Doesn't matter that it's a one-way street in our mind. You have to honor the contract you signed. I understand that group. But what the point you're making, I think, is a good one. And this is why Tausch has pushed for much longer than I've even thought about it this idea of a opt-out clause being inserted that gives him the option to choose. Again, this has gotten convoluted because Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk brought up this idea of an opt-out. And and we're not talking about the same thing. So not a COVID opt-out. Right. right. We're talking about a contractual NBA-style opt-out, which would give him the freedom to be a free agent after the season or opt back in and stay in Green Bay if he wants to do that. 
it would obviously be a huge concession by the Packers because it would put them in a position that if he opted out, they would only get as compensation for him a third-round compensatory pick a year later. So you're giving up the chance to trade him for two first-rounders and some more capital. And, and I don't believe Goody would be willing to do that, but I do wonder if as we get closer to the season and as they realize that, that Jordan Love, despite whatever his potential is, is not going to be ready to lead them to a Super Bowl as a, as a first-year starter and that Blake Bortles isn't good enough, if they are willing to say, okay, the only way we're going to win a Super Bowl this year is if this guy's here, I'm willing to give him what he wants, and then let's prove it to him that he's going to want to stay here. I don't know if he can get them to get to that point or not, but to me, that is the biggest question that's out there. Right, and that seems like a Matt LaFleur place where he would be any day of the week, but the public statements, at least, from anyone else in the organization doesn't seem like they'd be willing to go there. Right, and and Matt LaFleur, let's be honest, Matt LaFleur would say, hey, Goody, do this, and I will make sure that the environment in the locker room and his interaction with his coaches and everything that we have to do on our side will make him never want to leave. And you guys do your part, and he's not going to want to opt out by the end of this season. I'll, I'll make sure of it. And, and then, you know, it's up to him and, and the for, front office to figure out a way to make that happen. So last question on opting out um, and, you know, forgetting about the COVID thing. Do you see a plausible scenario where Aaron would hold out and miss an entire season at this point of his career? I mean, and people have said, oh, he's getting married, all this. This would be, uh, you know, a long honeymoon, right? Like, is, is do you see any scenario where Aaron Rodgers doesn't play football in 2021? Sure. Wow, uh, really? Knowing him, well, but he'd be willing to give up a year why. of his career. Yeah, here's why. I mean, there's, there's two things. One is a personal thing from my perspective of I would never, ever want to say I see no scenario whatsoever, right? Okay. Because, because I didn't think – and I keep saying this, not that I didn't think he had the courage of conviction, but I didn't think that this, what to this point has been the nuclear option, which would obviously get even more nuclear if he, like, doesn't come to camp and then misses games to start the season. But I didn't think it would get this far. I thought he was really mad at the end of the season. I knew that he had in his mind that, hey, maybe I'd get traded. Um, but I did not think that he would miss an entire offseason. I didn't think he could be away from his guys. I thought he would, frankly, show up for minicamp. Back in, like, January, February, I was thinking this way. He would show up for minicamp and just dump on the organization. Like, he would do a Zoom call with us and, and basically outline all the things he thought were wrong with the team. I really did. That's how I thought he would go about it. Instead, he obviously stayed away, which he'd never done in his entire career. So that's one. Two, you know, because of that, you know, I think that there's a possibility that he's in kind of this mental headspace that says, I'm going to stick with what my convictions are here, and I believe that by not playing this year, it will not hurt me in any way and my ability to come back in 2022 and be the same player I've ever been. Now, I don't know if he's right about that or not, but I do think he has the belief that even if he missed an entire football season, he would come back as good as he's ever been. And that confidence, I would think, would also factor in to his willingness. Do I think he wants to sit out a season? No, 
Absolutely not. He does not want that in I mean, any way, M- shape, or form. Right. I mean, he's the MVP of the NFL. We'll talk to Jason Wilde about the flip side scenarios uh, if Aaron Rodgers does play in 2021. As we continue, it's brought to us by Boucher Automotive, and it's Jason Wilde on ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. We're going to be able to beat anybody in any given year. That's the way I look at it. Since 93, I've never taken a field against anyone not thinking we have a legitimate chance to win. And fellas, I know you're ready to ride. The voice of Barry Alvarez, Barry Week from 1 until 3, all this week on ESPN Wisconsin. Jason, I know you were a big part of Barry Week. Uh, Tell us about your uh, portion of Barry Week coming up this week. Yeah, so I was very envious of you and Tausch going and spending some time with uh, Barry for the culmination of Barry Week on Friday with your interview. And I've heard some clips of it, and it's been fantastic. Uh, I love how he said since 1993 he never took the field not thinking they had a chance to win because obviously in 1991 and 92 he uh, definitely was realistic and just didn't tell his guys very often. Well, so uh, – so- we- Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Jason, yeah, tell us about who you got to sit down with. So we did a, a roundtable of reporters who covered uh, the, the most, if not all, of Barry's tenure, both as head coach and as athletic director. Tom Oates from the Wisconsin State Journal, Mike Lucas from the Capital Times, and then UWBadgers.com, Andy Baggett from the Wisconsin State Journal and UW Badgers, and Dennis Chapman, who covered – Barry for the Milwaukee Journal and then the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Matt LePay was supposed to be our fifth, but he was in Cincinnati for uh, the Brewers series there. So he, we had him, uh, we had the game he was calling on in the background while we were doing our roundtable. But they talked a lot about really, you know, from the beginning of that first press conference, and you better get your season tickets now because before long you won't be able to get them. Uh, all the way through to his leadership of an athletic department. And, and frankly, I think the most interesting thing that those guys talked about was, was that Barry Alvarez, having played at Nebraska for Bob Devaney, really wanted to have the same kind of legacy at Wisconsin that he had at Nebraska, and he more than succeeded at that. Unbelievable. Uh, Jason, speaking of Badgers, J.J. Uh, Watt, Joe Thomas, Chris McIntosh, Russell Wilson. Do you know what they all have in common? They all played in the NFL. That is true. Um, (laughs) I will also add Donald Driver uh, to that list. Aaron Jones, Zadarius Smith, Matt LaFleur. They all attended Bucks playoff games. They have all attended Bucks playoff games. There is one um, minority investor in the Milwaukee Bucks. Who has not yet attended a Bucks playoff game? Who also has played in the NFL? Um, oh, will that good per- thing you added that. Uh, will Will that person, uh, the active NFL player who is an investor in the Bucks, will he be attending a uh, Bucks game? <laughs> I was about to say, Craig. I I know you've been to games, so let's not be decided. All right. So I don't know what his plans are. I have not spoken to him. Um, I also don't know what the reaction would be uh, at Pfizer Forum. 
um, because I know they show everybody up on the jumbotron and everything. Wait, I gotta else. ask Kyle that. Kyle, what would the reaction be? You're the man of the people here. What would the reaction be if Aaron Rodgers is showing on the scoreboard at Pfizer Forum? No, you know these fans in Wisconsin is crazy. Yeah. But I think they would cheer for Aaron Rodgers. You think they would cheer? Yeah, like they, they have to. Sure. It, okay. Lots of them would. Not all of them would. I don't believe. And you know Aaron would only hear the ones list. that weren't cheering, right? Aaron Correct. would hear like the yeah. 11 fans that were booing? Or 1,100. I don't know. I don't know what the number would be. Um, but, look, I, you know, if if they're in the finals – Maybe that's a different conversation. Um, he did attend Eastern Conference Finals games in the past, did he not? Yes. So, um, uh, you know, uh, I guess I would hope that you would see him. Uh, I doubt, like, he's going to go to Atlanta instead. So now <laughs> I've game, said but... I don't think Aaron will be there, um, and it's the exact same reason I don't think he, he was at, in any way involved with this story becoming public on the day of the draft. I think Aaron's very, you know, strategic and thoughtful, and I don't think he ever wants to be a distraction. And that's yeah. why I don't think he was involved in any way with the story becoming public around the draft. And it's also why I would guess he would stay away from the Bucks games because I think he would view himself not wanting to take away from the story of the team. Yeah. Um, of course, that's not how everyone would see it, but that that's logical. I mean, you know, I know for a fact that there are uh, those that he is friends with that he does not attend weddings. Now, forget the family stuff that some like to bring up, but there are weddings that he doesn't attend because he knows that he would create a distraction by simply attending it. So that would be consistent with that mentality. That's a good way to also get out of doing things. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I didn't want I to be the, the distraction. Policy. Yeah. <laughs> By, by the way, what about the idea of, you know, if they were to make the NBA finals, if it's, you know, all of a sudden in Phoenix or in Los Angeles, you know, he's yeah, out west, that, that yeah, makes it absolutely. an easier spot. And then it's not like, hey, I'm not ducking serve, but that's where, hey, I'm out here. I'm living out here. So it's a little right. easier to hit those games. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, I and where's Bucks hat? You know, where's Bucks him. hat? And right. you know, be representing the Bucks on the road. Yeah, probably bring Bakhtiari with him because Bakhtiari lives uh, in Los Angeles during the offseason as well. So if it somehow was the Clippers, although they're down 3-1, uh, that would be easy, and so would Phoenix. So, yeah, I would I would expect at the very least that if the Bucks are in the NBA Finals, he will attend a road game for sure. Yeah, so Jason, uh, we said we'd talk about the flip side after we had that depressing thought of the opt-out scenario. Uh, or the not, yeah the opting out of this year scenario, um, is it getting to the point where you now think it's more likely that if Aaron Rodgers plays this year, it is under some kind of understanding that this is his last year with the Packers, or at least it would be his choice? Is that now over 50% in your mind, that there's not no. going to be some kind of long-term thing that gets figured out here? No, not necessarily. I, I, you know, I really don't know... I have not corresponded or texted with him in a couple of weeks. Um, I know there are those that have put very uh, optimistic spins on it. Uh, I don't think that it's completely dire and unfixable, but I don't know what the fix looks like, and that's just me being honest. I Look, do I think that they could um, 
give him a contract that is an extension. Okay, Jason, so I was with the CEO uh, this week who said to me, okay, any uh, owner of a business... Not, would, not your dad, like last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they okay. w- would say, um, you know, yeah. and it was a, a professional, uh, this this actually is a professional sports team owner, um, who said, okay, Ooh, okay, who said, uh, you know, anyone looks at this, they see the situation, and they reach out to him directly and say, what do I need to do to make you happy right now? Do you think... Mark Murphy has asked that question. Do you think they've said to Aaron Rodgers, "What do we? What do I? What can I do right now to make you happy about being a Green Bay Packer for the next, for the rest of your, you know, for the rest of your current contract? Let's say, not, let's not even say the whole career. Do you think right. Mark Murphy has specifically asked him that question? I, uh, saying that I don't know before I answer, I would be skeptical that he has in that. In those terms, I would be skeptical that he has asked him that in that manner, yes. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would say, you know, hey, Mark Murphy's the boss. Aaron Rodgers should be trying to see what, you know, he can do to make Mark Murphy happy. But, you know, the more and more big-time leaders that I talk to, that's the approach they say they would be taking. And it's just, you, right. it's interesting that it just doesn't seem to be the direction the Packers are going. Jason Wilde, 9 to noon. Wilde and Tausch also on the Barry Week presentation going on all week from 1 until 3 each and every weekday. Jason, thanks so much. Uh, appreciate it as always. All right, Craig. Take care. Be good. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. Uh, we have our 7 at 11, and it is an NBA playoff theme. Coming up next, it's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin.